0: Razorback fans, welcome to the Hogbeat Hour podcast. I'm Nikki Chavanel with Andrew Hutchinson. We're from Hogbeat.com, the Arkansas rival site. It's week three. Um, The Arkansas Razorbacks are heading to Auburn to take on the Tigers, Gus Malzahn, former head coach Chad Morris. It is, uh, you know, we're wrapping up Auburn hate week here because we're about to get into the game. But Arkansas fans have been on another level this week after the Mississippi State win and uh, rightfully so I, I suppose until we see what happens on Saturday it's a game that it could go many different ways in my opinion um, but we we wrapped up our reactions to the Mississippi State State game on Sunday and you can go check that out if you want to but we've had a pretty uh news-packed week this week on hogbeat.com, so go check out everything that we're putting up. We had a nice promo. Who knows, if the Hogs win again this weekend, we'll probably have to do another one, maybe an even bigger one, because, I mean, this win, perhaps, if they get it, I mean, it just answers all of Arkansas's fans' hopes and, and dreams. How big would this be, uh, in your opinion, Hutch?
1: Well, first of all, Arkansas hasn't won back-to-back SEC games since, like, November of 2015. So that in and of itself, it would be huge. The fact that it would be back-to-back road wins over top 25 teams would make it huge. And then throw in the fact that it would be against Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris, and I think Arkansas fans, uh, they they may still be hungover when work starts on next Monday. (laughs)
0: Um, Arkansas uh, broke – a another long streak this week after uh, Joe Fouché and Bumper Pool earned SEC Co-Defensive Player of the Week awards, which was the first time an Arkansas defensive player has gotten it since Martrell Spate in 2014. You gave me that stat. Um, looking around at the performances of other defenders across the league, I mean, how appropriate did you think these two awards were? Um, obviously, Bumper Pool had. You know, 20 tackles and Joe Fouché had the two picks. But I know, like, sometimes we—I don't—I didn't even know how other defenders did around the SEC this week. I just knew that they did pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at every box score of the other six SEC games, but I mean, you'd think that Georgia probably had a, a good player too because you know they dominated Auburn. Uh, and so I'm trying to think of some other. Sc- I know LSU held Vandy to like six or seven points, something like that. Uh, so. There were probably some other good performances, but to, to see what Arkansas did, knowing how bad the defense was last year, knowing what Mississippi State did to LSU the week before, and then doing what they did against Mississippi State was, I think it all just kind of culminated with, with that, uh, you know, just being that much more impressive. of a a performance and to have 20 tackles arkansas hasn't had a player with 20 tackles since 2010 so it's been a decade that was jerry franklin also interestingly enough at mississippi state uh then you had joe Fouché with a couple interceptions it's been a while since Arkansas had a player with two interceptions not that long i think uh dre greenlaw in 2015 but to to have a safety that did it you have to go all the way back to jermaine thomas back in 2011 so uh, Arkansas hasn't gotten that kind of play from a safety in a long time. Uh, You mentioned the Martrell Spate game, uh, Martrell Spate winning uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. That came after Arkansas shut out LSU to snap a 17-game SEC losing streak, so uh, it seems to be kind of the trend when if Arkansas has a long SEC losing streak, it's probably going to take a remarkable defensive performance uh, to get it done, and then we saw that again this past week with Uh, Bumper Pull, and Joe Fouché.
0: So Joe Fouché is now the team's leader in interceptions. There are three Hogs that have racked up four so far. And the two from Joe Fouché, I mean, Cameron Curl had two total the entire 2019 season. So he's already on pace um, to lead in that category. Um, So really good game from him. And then we saw that... uh, Arkansas now leads the SEC in in like total tackles. And you and I discussed that uh, yesterday. We were like, well, it would be nice if they didn't have to rack up so many tackles to win ball games." But it seems like the defense is just going to be the strength of the team this year, and, and they're going to have to continue to do that.
1: Yeah, the, the defense, I mean, who, who would have thunk it? I mean, I think everyone figured that the offense was going to take another step forward under – Uh, Kendall Bryles with all the weapons they have on that side of the ball. I think everyone thought special teams would be solid, you know, with the special teams coordinator. And everyone was like, "Well, maybe the defense could just be decent this year." But uh, so far, they've they've played tremendously. I mean, there's some metrics that have them as like a a top ten defense in the country. Now, granted, you know, there's only seventy four teams playing right now. You know, we're still waiting on the Big Ten, Pac twelve, and a couple others, Uh, but. That's that's pretty impressive to see Arkansas already uh, playing at such a high level this quickly under Barry Odom.
0: Yeah, I wrote a story this week talking about how the Hogs graded or have graded um, now in the the top of the SEC in pass coverage in the first two weeks, and a big part of that metric I think is you know the interceptions that they've had that automatically you know boosts their grade um, as a secondary, and then also The fact that Mississippi State had to throw so many passes and then also um, they were such, you know, short yardage passes that um, their um, yards per pass attempt is so low that their coverage grade just looks really, really great, Um, I think. Um, who was it? I want to say, yeah, Monteric Brown still leads the group in pass coverage, but Joe Fouché, Simeon Blair, and Miles Slusher are, are up there as well. I think Jalen Catalan's next after that. Um, so all of Arkansas' is doing really strong. Um, they might get Monteric Brown this week. Uh, Pittman sounded pretty good about it on Monday, and then also when we talked to him yesterday – um, but we'll have to wait and see, of course, we will have our, um, Auburn site helping us out doing roster check before the game. So get on Hogbeat before the game and see who made the trip, who didn't make the, made the trip and stuff like that, because it's pretty important, especially if you're laying down some last minute bets. And I know some of you guys will be doing that. Um, let's look at this depth chart for this week. There weren't too many changes, um, What did you notice from that? I know that, um, there were some new oars in the defensive line group because of, I mean, simply Dorian Gerald is now, you know, he's probably going to miss his second game of the season. And then Julius Coates is back, but Eric Gregory had a pretty good week last week.
1: Yeah, I think that was probably the most, uh, notable takeaway was the two new oars at both of the defensive end spots, uh you know Dorian Gerald with his health still kind of up in the air as you said it doesn't sound encouraging it sounds like it'll be uh, Zach Williams and Mateo Soli both uh, playing that spot the Jack is what they call it Uh, sounds like that's going to be the case again this week and then the other spot you know we tried I think Bob Holt uh, was trying to get uh, Sam Pittman to kind of say oh well is is Julius Coates going to start or is he going to come off the bench with Eric Gregory and and, of course, Sam Pittman doesn't want to give anything away, uh, as most football coaches wouldn't. But, uh, uh, yeah, that was probably the biggest takeaway. You know, they, they, they're they still an oar at the tight end spot. Uh, there has been all season. Uh, however, instead of it being Hudson or yeah, Hudson Henry and uh, Blaine Toll, the true freshman, they they've put in Blake Kern, which that's not exactly noteworthy because it's been Henry and Kern all season, I mean, those two guys have have played uh, almost an identical number of snaps. I think Henry's maybe played one or two more snaps than Kern all season. So uh, just kind of shows you that that those are the two guys there. Uh, but everything else, I mean, w- the, you're not going to get any groundbreaking news. It's not like they were going to leave Raheem Boyd off, indicating that he's you know hurt and not going to play. Same thing with Traylon Burks and Monteric Brown. Uh, it was interesting though that the the backup corner behind Monteric Brown you know, it has been Jarquez McClellan, but with him opting out uh, last Thursday, they had to put in somebody else there, and you you would think it would be Hudson Clark, because the, the walk-on was the guy who came in and, and played a bunch of snaps when Monteric went down against Mississippi State, but instead, it is actually Malik Chavis, uh, the redshirt freshman uh, from South Arkansas, so uh, it it's it was a little interesting. I, I don't know who they would go to as the se- as the third corner if Monterr can't go or if or if he gives it a go and can't play more than a series or two or even if you know Jerry Jacobs goes down. I mean, would they go to Kari Johnson, who has yet to play on defense, uh, the true freshman, or would it be Malik Chavis, or would they go with Hudson Henry or Hudson Clark again? Uh, would it would uh, be interesting to see but obviously you, you want Monteric Brown out there I mean you mentioned he's got the highest coverage grade on the team he is having a, a very very solid start to the season
0: I'm um, looking at the offensive line I didn't actually look at the snap counts for them this past week but have they been doing much rotation I haven't noticed them doing much
1: so the starting five played every snap against yeah, Mississippi State I Uh, they they did rotate just a smidge against Georgia we briefly saw Luke Jones we briefly saw Shane Clinton and uh, Dalton Wagner got a little bit more snaps than those guys Uh, but pretty much I mean I think Myron Cunningham at at left tackle and Ricky Stromberg at center have played every snap this season Uh, there's been a little bit rotation at the other spots against Georgia but uh, it's, it seems like they've really settled in on, on their starting five and they're just trying to develop some cohesiveness and, and develop those guys. Cause it's a lot of young dudes. I mean, you got two red shirt freshmen at the guard spots. You've got a, a true sophomore at center and you've got a red shirt sophomore who missed all of last season because of a, a torn ACL and Noah Gatlin at right tackle. So that, that's a lot of inexperience the youth
0: bodes really well for the future and Myron Cunningham, if he doesn't do what he set out to do and, you know, improve his draft stock or whatever, like there's a very real chance that Sam Pittman's like, let me, let me keep you for one more year. I'll really turn you into a a top draft pick. If you let me keep you for one year. And so Arkansas could realistically return the entire starting offensive line, which would be so huge for whoever might be at quarterback next year. We have no idea at this point because um, we haven't seen much of anyone besides uh, Felipe Franks. Um, and Franks, I mean, if you looked at his his stats from this past week, he had a, a pretty good week. I know that he uh, is in like the top half of the SEC once you take out, you know, drops and um, uncatchable balls and stuff like that. So I think that people should be pretty happy with this right now, especially after he cleaned up the mistakes from week one.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he hasn't been you know Ryan Mallett or anything, but he also hasn't been Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle. Uh, there has definitely been uh, an upgrade at that position. Uh, it's amazing what can happen whenever you you find a starter and you give him all of the number one reps. I mean, I, I think that's we're seeing the benefits of that. Uh, so yeah I mean it, he's he's played he's played well uh, there's been times where you'd like to see him play better uh, and play smarter I mean they even commented on it in the Mississippi State game the announcers did like you know, there were times where he should have known to, to throw the ball away and not take unnecessary hits I mean he took a big shot to the back late in the first half and uh, with the way guys were dropping in that game you're like oh my goodness is Felipe Franks gonna get hurt and not be able to play in the second half that would have been disastrous but uh, tough guy. He was able to come back, and he was fine, it seemed like, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you want to see him continue to progress and uh, keep uh, keep completing passes like he did last week, and hopefully uh, well, he's been right around 200 passing yards both weeks. Uh, maybe he can he can up that to, to 250, 270, something like that this week. That would be a, a really solid sign of, of progression in the right way. There is a storm
0: in the Gulf of Mexico headed towards Louisiana Uh, again. So unfortunate for those guys. Um, So that has moved the LSU-Missouri game to Columbia, and a lot of Razorback fans were hoping that perhaps, you know, severe weather would get the Arkansas game moved from Alabama to Fayetteville. But, you know, Auburn's like kind of over there, so it just – I didn't think it was going to happen unless the path of the storm, you know, significantly uh, changed. So it'll still probably be a pretty rainy game, but it sounded like the Razorbacks are are ready to get dirty and wet this weekend. Uh, they were practicing with wet footballs all week. Um, and... You know, Sam Pittman said yesterday that some some people play better with that than others, the quarterback specifically, because some of them have bigger hands than others. I imagine Felipe Franks has much larger hands than a guy like Malik Hornsby who's a little smaller. Um so hopefully Felipe has had enough of these experiences by now that that's what an experienced quarterback gets you in these types of situations. But I really liked Joe Fouché's, uh his recounting of what coach Pittman said in a, in a meeting on Tuesday, he said, an Eagle, when it's raining and cold, they go inside, right? You know, a hog, we love that mud and that water. And that's what we're going to be at. And that and that's what we're going to be out there Saturday. <laughs> um, pretty funny stuff. Um, they're going to be wild hogs getting dirty, muddy, and rainy. We just hope that, uh, you know, they hold on to the football, that all these rainy games, they're always uh, a situation where the ball just slips out, and that could be more detrimental to Arkansas because, you know, obviously they're the underdog, but it could be a big opportunity for the defense as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm most concerned. You know, everyone's worried about ball security and everything. That and that's always a concern in these rainy games. Uh, I'm I'm less concerned about the running backs and even maybe the quarterbacks and wide receivers than I am the specialists. Uh, that's a that's an area that I don't think has been talked about a lot this week. You know, the punters catching a snap and, and being able to get the punt off. Uh, the the holders holding for extra points and field goals is that going to go smoothly that that's what I'm most maybe nervous about whenever it comes to these uh, rainy games. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure those guys got lots of wet ball practices as well. You know, those guys can, you know, whenever practice is going on can go off to the side and work on that just for two hours straight or however long the practice is. So I think they'll be prepared. Uh, But it is, you know, the bullets are flying in an actual game, who knows, Uh, how it'll go I I do think that this should be a uh, made for television event this weekend because of all the storylines and you throw in the possibility of playing in a hurricane I think it'll be uh, it'll be quite entertaining I'm looking forward to it immensely
0: Um, Sam Pittman said the points of emphasis this week besides you know practicing with the wet footballs was not going three and out on drives. And that is obviously huge for um, the offense, for the defense. They need to get more yards on first and second down, and then they need to convert at least one um, series into a first down. Um, the defense last week, I mean, in the first quarter, they were on the field almost the entire first quarter, besides I want to say like three minutes. One minute. One minute. One <laughs> minute. So, just ridiculous. That cannot happen. It's great when your defense is playing great, but that might not be the case. I think, you know, Auburn has a significantly different scheme than Mike Leach does. So, the the defense, you know, they're going back to being multiple. They're not just going to be rushing three and dropping eight. Um, They're going to have to be ready every single play for some kind of trick play. We know what Chad Morris likes to do. Uh, They also are focusing on special teams this week. Um, they got better in week two for sure at, um, you know, holding teams from big returns, but they themselves need to get more yardage, get themselves in some better field position. So they were working on that. Um, we'll probably see, uh, someone besides Traylon Burks out there this week. I would imagine returning the football because he's missed time. We don't even know how healthy he is. I'd probably put Debbie Warren back there if it were me.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if – it it did sound like on – when we talked to Sam Pittman on Thursday, I believe, he was saying that he would like to get – you know, all the attention after the first week was limiting other teams in the return game because they struggled so much against Georgia. But he would like to get something in the return game going for Arkansas. And so uh, they may try a a Davion Warren back there catching punts. Uh, I know against Mississippi State we saw Nathan Perotti, uh, a walk-on defensive back. Uh, he is probably not the biggest threat to return a punt, uh, but he's probably sure-handed. And that's probably what they were looking for in a game like that, just someone sure-handed that's going to catch it and, and give you the ball uh, for your offense. So it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what approach they take it. It may also depend on what, what the weather is looking like. I mean, if it's a driving rain, you're probably going to be more concerned about simply catching the ball and securing it than you are getting an actual, you know, long return.
0: Um, and then the third point of emphasis this week was tackling better in the second half um, and eliminating, eliminating explosive plays, which are a huge part of Chad Morris's offense. Um, they want to take shots. Uh, they want, you know, 10-plus plays of 15-plus yards. Um, and so shutting that down is key. And that's what Barry Odom um, has been focusing on this whole time. So I guess this week, just against that particular scheme, they want to focus on it a bit more. Um, and they did that last week. So I don't know how much they can mix in the dropping aid and coverage, but they'll, they'll need, um, you know, the secondary to have a really good week, even though Auburn is missing, uh, or potentially going to be missing quite a few, uh, playmakers for them. So that is boding well for Arkansas, uh, Joe Fouché, I believe, maybe Greg Greg Brooks, too. They said one in 18, which are their two leading receivers, Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. They said they're not going to get the ball. Bo Nix is going to have to look at someone else because – you know, they're not going to have the ball in their hands. So I like the confidence that we heard from them this week. There was a lot of personality in the interviews. Um, you got Myron Cunningham and Devion Warren. Um, what did, what did they have to say this week?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, it, it, it was good to talk to Devion Warren after his big, you know, 100 yard performance against, uh, against Mississippi state. You know, he, he was, uh, Just very excited to find They were both, both of them were just very excited to get the win out of the way. And and they're looking forward to trying to maybe continuing that, keep that going, keep the momentum going. Uh, You know, the, we talked about the, the potential of, of rain and, you know, uh, I think Joe Fouché had the the best quote. You mentioned it earlier uh, about playing in the rain, but Myron Cunningham, you know, an offensive lineman, those those guys love playing in the rain because that's usually going to mean they're going to, they're going to get to run the ball a lot. And I think linemen really like to do that because you get to go hit somebody. And, and Myron said that hopefully, you know, with, with Arkansas needing to get that run game going, uh, that that will kind of help bring that along and they can get get the ground game established. So I, that's going to be another big key this weekend, I believe, is, is you know, getting that – getting the run game going because they, they, they're averaging about 70 yards a game so far through two games. That That's not – it's not anything like we expected, especially with a guy like Rakeem Boyd in the backfield. You know, who knows what his health is this week, but they need to—they probably need to at least get 100 yards on the ground this week.
0: The spread this week opened at, uh, I think it was minus 18 for Auburn, and it is now minus 13 and a half on Bovada. I don't know what I'm going to do this week because I know Arkansas is going to be playing harder than they've played maybe in the past three seasons combined (laughs) against auburn there they want to beat this team so badly they want to show that they can once again compete with a ranked team and then also they want to show that they have more talent than chad morris was ever able to display um whether that's because of you know his coaching or whatever so they're extremely motivated, but Auburn is also motivated to show off an offense that was just held to nothing last week against Georgia. Um, so I don't know. What would you do with, with minus 13 and a half?
1: I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't know if I'm necessarily as conf- confident enough in that to, to, to hit that line. Uh, but what I am interested in, you know, you, you mentioned the line dropping from 18 to 13 and a half. The uh, point total has dropped from 60 and a half to 46 and a half uh, shaved a full two touchdowns off of that. Uh, I, I might still take the under uh, because if it's if it's gonna be raining you know I'm gonna wait and see what the forecast looks like you know leading up right up to the game uh, but if it's if it's a hurricane like conditions or anything uh, I might I might hammer that under and, and uh, see kind of an ugly, Ugly type game that maybe ends with some weird score like 16 to 9 or something like that.
0: You once again looked at how Arkansas is tracking compared to 2019. Um, Where are the biggest improvements so far?
1: Well, definitely the defense. I mean, I I don't think that's breaking any news. I think people can see that with their own eyes, but it's even more uh, dramatic when you look at the graphs that I I put together. Uh, They are just completely better than they were last year. Last year, obviously, they were historically bad, so probably not take a ton, uh, but they, they've they been very good. They are tracking well ahead in terms of you know points allowed, uh, yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, interceptions. I mean, heck, they've already got four interceptions, and they had two in SEC play last year in eight games, and they've already doubled that in – a quarter of the games, uh, whatever. So that, that is, it, it's, it's incredible. The offense is basically exactly where it was last year. We still haven't seen it get really heated up and, and get going. Uh, so I expect that to improve. Uh, but yeah, it, it the offense needs to, to get going because it is kind of, if you look at the trend lines, they're very similar to, to what we saw last year.
0: Um, You also compared the two teams with, you know, star rankings from out of high school uh, with the pro football focus grades so far. Um, And Arkansas, in the pro football focus grades, they're beating Auburn so far in like nine different categories, including passing, pass blocking, run blocking, overall defense, run defense, coverage, and pass rush. I mean, Auburn fans must be losing their minds right now.
1: Auburn fans are always losing their That's minds. That's true. Uh, they – because they compare themselves to Big Brother to the East, uh, you know, big old uh, Nick Saban. Uh, so, they're, they're always going to be losing their minds. But uh, they, they did not play particularly well against Georgia. A Part of that could be because of Georgia's defense. Arkansas got to see that firsthand. Uh, but, yeah, they uh, – it's not, it's not going too well down there. I don't think fans are particularly happy with, with Chad Morris. I think it was if you would if you searched Chad Morris's name on Twitter on Saturday and Sunday, you would have seen lots of angry tweets. I included some of them in our 10 weekend thoughts. I just included the, the clean ones. Uh, there were several that were much less, uh, you know, not safe for work. Uh, so yeah, it, they are not happy. Uh, if you look at the, like the actual like side by side comparison of the the two starting lineups or two projected starting lineups they are Arkansas has the advantage at 11 spots and Auburn has the advantage at 11 spots i would have never guessed that before the season that arkansas and auburn would be so evenly matched on paper now who knows how it goes on saturday but at least on paper they are a lot closer than, than I would have expected.
0: The Auburn site publisher yesterday told me he had to ban a poster for like saying that someone needs to put out a contract on Gus Malzon's life. <laughs> 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 that's where they are. like Twitter is one thing, but then you get to the message boards and that's where it gets really real. I mean, I'm sure that guy was joking, but I would probably ban someone on hogbeat for that as well um auburn has some some kids that you know arkansas had recruited in the past uh their running back who's likely to start this week freshman tank bigsby he was a an arkansas recruit that they wanted pretty badly um, uh, Zavian Capers, he was the first commit in Arkansas's 2020 class, um, and then he decommitted in the summer and committed to Auburn instead. And then right after signing, he said, oh, hey, Chad Morris, you're going to be my new offensive coordinator after I decommitted from your program. <laughs> So that's interesting. Um, and then Brandon Frazier, a tight end. I think he might be hurt right now, but um, he was heavily considering Arkansas and, and chose Auburn instead. So there's some fun recent um, recruiting matchups. The Mississippi State win, I mean, it hasn't yielded any new commitments for Arkansas so far, but the recruits were over the moon about their win. Um, and if they can pull off something this week or even, you know, what were our expectations for this team this year anyways one or or one win two wins so they they were just looking for a little bit of success and so to have it so early in the season is really good for arkansas i know there's a couple defensive tackles that they're after um and they made sure to call all these guys on sunday they were like you did you see what happened yesterday because that was a ranked team um so really good no new commitments yet but they have they have twenty already for the class. We're not a hundred percent sure how many spots they have left. It's either four or five, um, but they have to focus on the defensive line there for sure because they only have one defensive tackle committed so far. Um, let's let's pivot to Auburn. Um, Bo Nicks A lot of people uh, apparently some of our Hogbeat subscribers love our pro football focused stats so much that they got their own subscriptions um, and they were, they were posting some stats about Bo Nix and how he does under pressure. And uh, the answer is not good. Uh, and that is because their offensive line is kind of this patchwork uh, of former defensive linemen, former two stars, uh, really crazy situation. And I know that Auburn fans sure aren't happy about it.
1: It was very surprising looking at that offensive line. I mean, it 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 brought back memories of Kurt Anderson here at Arkansas, because you're right. I mean, two of them uh, were former defensive linemen. A Couple of them were former two-star recruits. One of them's a grad transfer from Akron out of the MAC. Uh, you've got, you know, their center was is probably the most the guy you'd most expect to see on an offensive line at Auburn. He's a former four-star recruit, two-year starter. Uh, he's the only one on the on the team that had played more than like 100 snaps before the season. Uh, so it, it's pretty incredible what they've kind of put together on the, the offensive line. It is not what you'd expect out of a program that routinely brings in, you know, top 15, top 10 recruiting classes.
0: Um, they are going to be without, most likely, Seth Williams, one of the leading receivers, Um, Another leading receiver, Eli Stove, Uh, they might be without running back Sean Shivers, who is heralded as a a really, really fast uh, running back. Um, They're going to be without most likely um, Jalen Simpson, a starting cornerback, Um, and then also KJ Britt, um, their linebacker and team leader in general. He might be out for the season um, with a... I think it was originally reported as a shoulder injury, but it might be a wrist hand injury. Um, And so he's had surgery and he is out for the season. And that's really big for Arkansas. I mean, Sam Pittman, rightly so. He said, it's really sad for the kid. He's a great player, but for Arkansas, this could not be better timing for them. KJ Britt led um, the team in tackles against Kentucky. And then I think he had 12 um, against Georgia. And I don't know who their backup is, but I think it's a freshman. So, um, yeah, that's good.
1: <laughs> Anytime you lose an all-SEC caliber player, which KJ Britt certainly is. I don't know if he was all-SEC last year, if he was just all-SEC preseason. I know he was on my preseason all-SEC ballot. Uh, that That is significant uh, for sure. And so uh, that should definitely help Arkansas. And maybe, honestly, it will help kind of level things out if Arkansas is without – Rakeem Boyd, or Traylon Burks, or Monteric Brown. I mean, these guys, Arkansas is pretty banged up as well, Uh, so it could be a a relatively even matchup, and plus, who knows if anybody's going to be missing because of COVID. I mean, they had their final round of testing, I believe Thursday, probably going to get their results sometime Friday, so who knows, you know, if anybody's going to be missing because of that. I saw where Missouri had another positive, one positive case, but Six other players were, were not going to be able to make their, the trip or play in their next game because of contact tracing. So uh, it's going to be a weird year in that perspective, but it uh, definitely helps Arkansas to have such significant injuries on the Auburn side.
0: Um, I watched that Jordan Rogers clip that he posted yesterday on Twitter breaking down um, – it was just one play of Auburn, uh, but it showed how – Bo Nix either just like doesn't have the time because you know how fast Chad Morris likes to run between plays. um, Or he was just so focused on figuring out the outside coverage that he, he didn't like call out the middle linebacker on this play. And so like the offensive line blocking scheme was, was bad and like he just got chased right out of the pocket and he had to throw the ball away. Um, you really hate to see it. You hate to see the SEC freshman of the year and his development just, you know, take a little nosedive.
1: The wrongly awarded SEC freshman of the year, might I add, Uh, that was the biggest joke of an award I've ever seen awarded by the SEC because Derek Stingley was an all American level corner and Bo Nix was maybe an average level quarterback last year. So but, but that aside, yeah, the play you're referencing, it it just was bad all around. I mean, you mentioned the protection, which was, was not good, and it looked to be, like, set in stone from the from the sideline. Uh, but also if Jordan Rodgers does a really good job of pointing out the fact that the guys running the routes just did not make any sense. I mean, you had your top, you know, receiver on the other side of the play that was not going to be something you targeted. You had a guy that had zero career receptions, a tight end running the top route, the route you're probably going to be throwing the ball to. This is a key third down, by the way, uh, was is running that route. So, I mean, it was just from top to bottom, the design of the play was not good. And so I think Arkansas fans should be watching that. One, they're probably going to take pleasure in it because they know who the offense coordinator is over there. But also, that's who Arkansas is playing on Saturday. and. You've got a guy in Barry Odom who has shown he is quite the uh, smart guy in terms of scheming things up defensively.
0: I really love the confidence that we've heard from pretty much all of the defensive players when they talk about like being prepared for what they're going to see from the offense. Like Greg Brooks Jr., when he described the pick six that he had, he said, I had seen this play so many times in practice. I had picked this play off so many times in practice. I knew it was going to come. And then luckily for him, it came on like the first drive of the game and he took it to the house. Like that's the, that's exactly the type of preparation and confidence that you want in your secondary. Um, Maybe, maybe Auburn has looked a little discombobulated, but they should be able to put together enough good clips, you know, at least from the. Kentucky game to kind of you know put the place together and and see what they're going to attack them with so hopefully they can come up with some big plays like that again and not get Torch downfield. The the downfield passes I'm worried about. We haven't seen too much of Arkansas secondary having to cover that. Um, and we know we saw in fall camp, like from the clips that they showed us, we did see uh, Arkansas's receivers breaking down and getting away from the defenders um, in practice. So hopefully they don't try too much stuff downfield, or at least the defenders have, have worked on on covering that a little bit better. But um, you looked at the ESPN FPI projections this week. And after the win against Mississippi state, the most likely record now is three and seven.
1: Incredible. I mean, I, if you would have told me three and seven before the season, I would have taken that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I mean, that would be phenomenal Uh most fan Some fans may, you know, get upset and be like, "Well, three and seven is never acceptable, or whatever." Well, did you watch the last two years? Uh, that would be more wins than they had either one of those years, and against an all-SEC schedule. So, uh, the, it it does look like Arkansas is gonna hit the. If you if you put any money on the the win totals before the season, I hope you put it over one and a half wins for Arkansas because it looks very strongly likely that. Arkansas is going to hit that they just got to find a way to win one more game uh, don't know if it's going to be this Saturday Arkansas is still a pretty heavy underdog uh, on FPI and even you know in Vegas and everything uh, but yeah I mean Arkansas they are trending in the right direction and I think that's all Arkansas fans wanted to see this year is just signs of life and signs of progression and we're seeing that pretty much in, in every facet of the game
0: I talked to Auburn insider um, Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com, our sister site over um, in Auburn. Brian said that, you know, he is still probably picking the Tigers to win. He said that's based on the past four games where Auburn has won by an average of 39.3 points but he said he wouldn't be surprised by an upset and that is something i haven't heard from an opposing beat writer uh, probably the entire time that i've been here um, at arkansas and when i put that in the teaser in my tweet i think it was like my most clicked story (laughs) of the week on twitter people are just so excited by that Um, some other things that he told us the overall offensive line the group is slow soft and not very athletic that is something we probably would have said about the Arkansas offensive line previously Um, he told us about all the injuries which I already laid out Um, and then he talked about you know Bo Nix under pressure Um, he said he was pressured 22 times against Georgia and got sacked three times Um, So if Arkansas can get pressure on him early, they're going to frustrate him and that might bode well for the rest of the game. So Arkansas defensive line, um, they looked pretty good uh, against Mississippi State. They didn't have to actually, you know, get to KJ Costello very much to, to force him to make mistakes. They just needed to do enough. And they did that. And if they have, you know, four men down um, against Auburn, that's, you know, even more help. And then, you know, you get your blitzes in and all that stuff. So uh, if they can get Bo Nix off the spot, uh, that is going to be huge for the defense. Um, and then I asked him about early reviews on Chad Morris. And he said the the reviews are mixed. Um, they put a lot of blame on the offensive line, which I guess isn't really, you know, his territory but he is still the offensive coordinator so all that gets roped in Um, the game everybody do not forget it was moved to ESPN from SEC Network but it is still um, at three o'clock what what are the biggest things you want to see from the Hogs on Saturday
1: well I want to see improvement from the offense I mean we we've seen the defense that's given us plenty of reason for hope and uh, excitement or whatever but we still haven't seen the offense that we thought we would see you know bringing in a guy like Kendall Bryles uh you've got all these weapons at receiver uh, obviously the health of Raheem Boyd is up in the air but you think that Traylon Smith and the other guys could at least uh give you something you got Felipe Franks at quarterback you want to see some better uh moving the ball sustaining drives uh you know, this is something, you know, you mentioned earlier, Sam Pittman, said one of the goals of the of the week has been, you know, eliminating three and outs. Uh, you cannot go three and out because that's – going three and out just hurts your defense because you're going to wear them out. And, and they talked about, you know, having fewer missed tackles in the second half. Well, one way to do that is getting better production from your offense so your defense stays fresh longer. So uh, that that's really the number one thing I'm looking for. That That's going to involve an improved run game. Uh, that's going to involve – uh, you know, another efficient passing night from Felipe Franks, but more than anything, just however it is, whether it's through the air, on the ground, sustained drives, and uh, put some more points on the board because uh, they, they've only scored, they've had three touchdowns uh, through two games, and that's probably probably going to, of course, you know, with the weather, who knows what, that, what's, what it's going to take this weekend, but moving forward, you're, you're going to need to average more than, you know, one and a half touchdowns a game.
0: I think we might have overestimated the wide receiver group. Trelon Burks is obviously outstanding, um, but are Mike Woods, Trey Knox, or Devion Warren, like even third team SEC type players, maybe if they're playing at their absolute best, but I'm just not sure any of those guys are really like world beaters. So, Traylon Burks has to be healthy. He's got to be – they have to get him going, get him the targets that he needs because he's really uh, the exceptional player of the group. And while the rest of the guys – I mean, they they do their jobs, but it just doesn't seem like they're maybe as good as we thought they were. And I hate to say it, but I think that might be true.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I always thought that the people comparing it to the wide receiver core of the – you know, 2008 to 2011, you know, the guys with, you know, Joe Adams, Jarius Wright, Greg Childs, Kobe Hamilton. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I thought maybe there was potential to be pretty dang good. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It. it, I don't think they're necessarily as good as maybe some fans thought they were. I still think they have the capability of being an above-average group of receivers, especially when you have a superstar like Traylon Burks, you know, assuming he's healthy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you need to get guys like Trey Knox, uh, Mike Woods. You know, Davion Warren showing what he did this past weekend was a, a pleasant surprise. So uh, maybe maybe they can be uh, just above average and give, you know, Felipe Frank several several uh, options other than just having the, the one guy in Traylon Burks.
0: That's really going to wrap us up, guys. Um, if you want to follow along with our commentary on Saturday during the game, um, get on the trough. You can join us for 30 days free with code HOGS30, H-A-W-G-S-30. Um, hogbeat.com or Arkansas.rivals.com. Um, the thread, I mean, people just go nuts. It's a lot of fun. So join us on there. Um, catch up on all the content from this week. Get the depth chart. Um, get the how to watch information. Remember, it's on ESPN, 3 p.m., not SEC Network. Um, Join us. We'll have a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Hogbeat Hour with Nikki Chavanel and Andrew Hutchinson.